how many chefs have sat down and thought, how can I create a, a vegan dish that's attractive to everybody, including my non-vegan customers? Mm -hmm. Well, do the same thing. How can I make something that's attractive to those with the key food allergies that is also attractive to other people? Hello, and welcome back to Bailiwick Podcasts. I'm Oliver Hall, and today I'm talking to Dominic Jones for the interview. We're talking about all things food allergies in the hospitality industry in Jersey. In the United Kingdom, laws were introduced in 2014 with regards to food allergies, as they were across the European Union. Those laws were updated even further in 2021 with Natasha's law. In Jersey, though, there is no concrete legislation. In this interview, you'll hear me talk to Dominic about that, about the awareness crisis we have in the hospitality industry with regards to food allergies, and about the opportunities that businesses and chefs alike have to really exploit this part of the market. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Dominic Jones, CEO of JP Restaurants, and we're going to be talking today about food allergies and how laws here in Jersey are very different to those in the UK and the European Union and much of the world. And what we can do to change that and why that is the case. So I just sort of want to pass over to you, Dominic, to kick things off and sort of introduce, if you could, to start outline what the laws are in the UK, what they are in Jersey, and what those really key differences are. Yep. Okay. So um, if we look, perhaps the best place to start is with the UK and the EU and then go back to Jersey to show mm -hmm. what we haven't got rather than sure. what yeah. it is here, because there really isn't much of a law here no, at all. No, there's almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, there is, exactly. So... Um, the UK and the EU brought in food allergen laws about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. and they were focused primarily on uh, labelling key allergens right the way through the food supply chain. So mm -hmm. that was from manufacturing and retail through to the restaurants and then uh, and then labelling uh, for um, uh, prepackaged goods mm -hmm. and communication of allergens for um uh, food that you eat in a restaurant or, mm -hmm. a, or a cafe or a takeout yeah. environment. So they identify as pre-packed, pre-packed for direct sale and loose food. Is that That's right. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if we just look at it in the hospitality environment, because obviously there are different mm -hmm. rules for wholesalers sure. and others, and maybe we'll come on to that because that's mm -hmm. all part of the supply chain for restaurants. But in effect, where you've got uh, pre-packaged for direct sale, mm -hmm. you have a requirement to label now any of the key 14 allergens. And then you also have in restaurants an obligation to communicate that food allergen information is available. And you either mm -hmm. provide that by means of an allergen menu, which people will be used to seeing, mm -hmm. or it will be provided um, uh, orally um, uh, directly from the, from the customer. Now, um, that base law is then moved forward with the Food Standards Agency who mm -hmm. have um, uh, rules and best practice for uh, dealing with allergens um, and they will look at things like you know how you deal with um, uh, precautionary messaging like may contain mm -hmm. uh, which is a whole minefield for, for people mm -hmm. and of course can create quite a lot of um, can make it very uninclusive if you mm -hmm. like because if you just put may contain on everything yeah. then it's not really sure. helping those with food allergies which is the purpose um, and then you've got also just the food standards agency has just brought out a new recommendation mm -hmm. uh, which is um, um, to do with just like with the pre-package for direct sale that came from the Natasha's Foundation mm -hmm. yeah, in from, 2021, right? from 2021 we then have moved on to Owen's Law um, uh, Owen uh, was a, a young man who's, whose parents are who died after eating um, a, a burger, chicken burger um, uh, contaminated with um, undisclosed um, milk protein mm -hmm. um, and uh, he his family are trying to require written allergen 
menus mm-hmm. for uh, all hospitality. So not just, you know, you can find out information about allergies. Please mm-hmm. let us know if you've got food allergies. But actually, you need a written menu with the 14 key allergens indicated on a matrix mm-hmm. that each Which dish. I think people, some people will be, well, most people will probably be familiar with seeing that in a yep. lot of settings, right? And I think even here in Jersey, I suppose, because a lot of food is, comes from the UK, yep. people will be familiar with the bold writing you get yep. on the back of packages that came out of Natasha's Law in 2021. Yeah. But, I mean, what, you know, I've found fascinating coming back over from the UK recently to Jersey and sort of completely baffling when you told me about this over lunch the other day, is that in Jersey there is essentially, there's advice, but there is no allergy law. No, there isn't. So what we've got here is we've got the environmental uh, health like we have in the UK mm-hmm. that are looking generally at food safety. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, um, listeners will have will have seen those five stars in the UK and in Jersey mm-hmm. indicating the uh, food safety uh, rating of an outlet. And allergens and allergen processes are part of that. So mm-hmm. you're unlikely to get a five star rating unless you have some sort of allergen process in place. Mm-hmm. But there's no actual law requiring you to either indicate those, uh, those allergens um, um, or to communicate it at all. So there's really a sort of lack of awareness, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what you what um, uh, what we do have here, and where there have been prosecutions in Jersey, like they have in the UK, um, is that under the general food law, there's a requirement to, in effect, um, serve what it is that you're. It's it's a sort of trade misdescription. So if yeah, you this, go in this... and say to somebody, mm. "I'm allergic to peanuts," mm. and they serve you a dish with peanuts in it, then that is a mm. criminal offence. But it doesn't. It's really at the very base level. It'd be the same thing if it had cyanide in it, or sure. or or was uh, unfit yeah. food, etc. Law so, against food misrepresentation. Yeah, they put it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just sort of completely baffled as to why. I mean, routinely throughout the past few years, especially. I mean. As you say, it's been it's been more than a decade since these laws were brought in across the EU and subsequently in the UK. Yeah. Then another three years since Natasha's law in twenty twenty one. Yeah. And Jersey politicians have promised for years to bring this stuff in. Why has that not happened? Well, I think there's a. I mean, we're a small island uh, jurisdiction, mm-hmm. and legislation and uh, the drafting of laws takes time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's. I mean, COVID got in the way a little bit. But really, it's to do with priorities. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason here, it's not considered a priority. One of the things that I've always said, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shock tactic, really. But we know, like with Natasha's law and with Owen's law, which is going through the process now with being recommended to the UK government, mm-hmm. that once you have deaths, then law tends to change. So yeah. I but don't see why, why do you have insane. to wait for a death yeah. in Jersey for that to happen? Yeah, it's an insane perspective to take. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're right. As soon as, if there were a tragedy and a death, right, this would change instantly, overnight. Yeah. But is there really no pressure on lawmakers here to make that change? So... There's not. In fact, there's the opposite. There's actually mm-hmm. quite a strong lobby from uh, hospitality industry, from some areas of the hospitality mm-hmm. industry. I mean, there are many here in the island who really do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, because there's not a legal framework, you're not sure of the baseline yeah. there that really there's sort no of implementing trust, against, right. if you like. Yeah. But uh, for though, but there is a small minority here, and quite, a, I mean, more than a very small minority who actively lobby against it. And that is really a question, I think, of education. Understandably. 
if you feel that you're being required to disclose information that could result in you making a mistake and therefore killing somebody and, crit- and, and committing a criminal offence, people get very defensive. They get mm. nervous. And you start seeing, like you do in restaurants in Jersey, statements like, um, if your allergies are so severe that you, uh, you may die from eating uh, um, an allergen, please do not dine in our restaurant. Now, you would mm. never see that in the United States, in the, in the UK now, because there is a positive requirement to deliver that information sure, yeah. so um and, and also that, you don't know how severe your reaction is going to be right i mean well no that comes this. on to, i mean maybe we'll come on to that yeah, but about course, that, i mean yeah. that's another question of education is people understanding allergies understanding the difference between true food allergies intolerances and celiac disease they're all and, and dietary choices mm-hmm. are all very different but from a restaurateur's perspective when there's not the education and understanding they all get lumped in together mm-hmm. and you get those cases which they don't understand where you will get somebody coming in who has a proper IgE-mediated food allergy who could die from a small exposure of an allergen, um, right down to the other end to people who say they have an intolerance um, at the beginning of the meal. And then at the end when they've had a few drinks, they go, oh, what's the apple tart got in it? Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's only got a little bit of almond. Oh, that's fine. I'll have it then. And of course, the restaurateurs are seeing that and they're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this stuff is, these people are just difficult. They're just mm-hmm. difficult customers, which they're not. Um, yeah. You know, pe- people with food allergies are definitely not difficult customers. In fact, <laughs> quite the opposite. I think anybody with a food allergy who, who goes into a restaurant where people are caring about it um Mm. so i think there's a lack of understanding there's pressure against it and ultimately it's like it's like you know in many western uh jurisdictions now there is this whole backlash against red tape Mm -hmm. you know and it is there is red tape that causes problems and this is seen as yet just more red tape but actually i would argue that it creates opportunities as well we have a big visitor economy here people aren't going to come on holiday in fact natasha's father uh uh, recently on a news interview with itn and itv news specifically said that those people with food allergies should not travel to jersey Mm. on holiday because of the lack of legislation so that's the sort of pr that you get if you don't have it in place yeah i mean it's fascinating it gets sort of thrown in with like having to have single sex toilets as like yeah as a as as you say another piece of red tape and i think what's really interesting to me is especially when you see that like you were saying some menus here will say if you have such severe a food allergy please don't dine with us i mean it's actually really a case of discrimination I mean, against a huge group of society, right? Yeah. I mean, how much... Can you give us an idea of what percentage of people will have a food allergy? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, about 5 to 8% of the population have what's called an IgE-mediated food allergy. That is a true food allergy that triggers a reaction in the immune system uh, mm-hmm. inside the body. You then have up to 20% that have uh, um, uh, food intolerances. Mm-hmm. That is not a true food allergy, but is a sort of chemical reaction in the digestive system that makes you feel unwell, mm-hmm. um, but is not going to lead to the uh, severe symptoms that you can have from food allergy, which include, you know, hives, uh, asthma and wheezing, low blood pressure, and in the worst case, um, anaphylaxis, which mm-hmm. you can uh, die from. Mm-hmm. Um, you then have uh, celiac disease. Uh, they're around, if you look at it in the UK population, put that into numbers, about uh, two to three million people have food allergies. Uh, you've then got 20% of the population with food intolerances, often self-diagnosed or self-declared um, self-declared and then you have around 600,000 people with celiac disease now celiac disease is, is an immune response to gluten in the digestive tract mm-hmm. but again doesn't cause anaphylaxis so it causes very unpleasant um, symptoms uh, some of them are similar to those you might get from food allergies mm-hmm. but you're not going to die from it okay so you actually can't die from celiac disease. you cannot die from celiac that's disease I didn't know. No. that's interesting and um, as you say I mean you've done a lot of 
a lot of work on this and you're working on a paper at the moment on in this area. I mean, what are the steps that you think, not just here in Jersey, because obviously there's need for a legal framework here, that places could be taking and governments should be taking to move forward? Yeah. Awareness. Of this. Well, I think um, if you look at the UK, for instance, mm-hmm. and Ireland, so Ireland already has, there were the base EU regulations, which in effect pre-Brexit, but still form the basis mm-hmm. to the UK uh, regulations. Mm-hmm. And they are similar in the US as well, in some states, um, mm-hmm. not on a federal basis. Um, but in, in Ireland, you've got uh, already laws for uh, allergen medicine hospitality. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'd like the Owens law that's coming in the UK. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the UK is pretty good when it comes to legislation. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to see Owens law in place so that every restaurant and cafe has, a, has an allergen menu. Mm-hmm. But it's really about the implementation so in jersey i'd like to see everyone us come up to speed and in mm-hmm. fact there's a very good argument that jersey shouldn't go it alone one of the mm-hmm. reasons why you want uh, uh jurisdictions to coordinate across the world on allergens mm-hmm. and while the whole why the world health organization are doing that is because if you look at the supply chain you want the same rules and regulations in place because if sure. you're getting a package of food with labeling from you know being imported from mm-hmm. africa you want to see that that can be can work through mm-hmm. to the labelling and the and, and the key allergens. So at the moment there are fourteen key allergens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as you mentioned, I'm involved in this. I'm working on the, with the uh, uh, Nice the National Institute of of, of of Care and 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 Health Excellence in the UK. They're looking at emerging allergens now. So mm-hmm. one of the challenges we have is that um, when people are avoiding things like nuts uh, and other common allergens there are new ones like pea protein and other um, novel foods that are mm. starting to cause allergens is that allergies it's as a result of you know ultra processed food that these days there are so many more people with food allergies it appears or is that that we're just more aware of people with food allergies okay so um come on to that quickly and then i'm, I'm going to finish answering your question yes. about what the uk needs to do because i think it's important the positive yeah. side if you like so um uh, with respect to growing food allergens yes when you hear that quite often from an um you know somebody my age maybe yeah uh, a, a, a more middle-aged restaurateur will uh-huh. say in my day nobody had food allergies mm. and they're absolutely right they didn't now mm. that's not because we've all become woke and soft and <laughs> and etc it's because the uh, food allergies are growing because of uh, environmental factors playing on already genetic traits that we had so uh, there is a lot of research um, if they could find the absolute source of this maybe they uh, researchers could address it but it is linked to uh, I'm just reading a study it's come out in the US use of drugs like uh, anti-microbials um, uh, or anti, uh, antibiotics and, and even pump, uh, proton pump inhibitors, so things for mm-hmm. antacid for children, etc., which is affecting the gut mic- microbiome, which is then impacting uh, the immune response to food. And sure. all food allergies go through a... Um, the way you acquire them is you have sensitization first, which mm-hmm. comes through the skin. So that's like... A physical... So you'll have eczema. Typically, you'll have something like... uh, You will suffer from eczema and dry skin. Mm -hmm. You'll then have peanut dust or or soya. We will be absorbed through your skin. Your body will then think... This is something I don't recognise. Your immune system will fire up. Nothing happens. But the next time you're exposed through um, through oral, through eating it, your immune system goes into overdrive, and that's what causes the uh, the symptoms and the and the anaphylaxis. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not a medical expert, um, but I think it's good to understand what it is and why this is happening, and it absolutely is growing amongst children. And then you've got different dynamics in it. So. Um, 
uh, many more children have food allergies than adults. And the reason for that is that uh, of the, of, if you look across the different 14 key allergens at the moment, and people are allergic to many more than that, mm-hmm. but about 30% are either tree nut or peanut related. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have milk and dairy, which are very uh, milk and dairy. Sorry, dairy, uh, milk, um, and eggs, which are very common when children are younger. But eighty percent of children will grow out of a milk and an egg allergy, whereas only twenty percent will grow out of peanut allergy. So as you move forward into adulthood, you're getting um, you're getting. Uh, fewer than you have with children, but you're still getting a growing amount, but a slower growing. The other interesting thing is in terms of you can acquire food allergies at any age. And the most common one that people are actually uh, acquiring now as adults is seafood allergies. And that's maybe because they didn't eat them when they were younger. So seafood allergy is coming on quite a lot um, for oysters, you know, shellfish Mm -hmm. and, and, and those sorts of things. I think anecdotally, you hear a lot of people who are now celiac who weren't. I think that's, I mean, I've certainly heard a lot of people, maybe of the demographic that you were describing, yeah. say, oh, everyone now is gluten-free. And it's right. sort of this, yeah, okay. this <laughs> idea that basically loads of people went keto 10 years ago yeah. and now yeah. everyone wants yeah. to do away with that and yeah. they calling themselves celiac. But well, look, see, so that is, I mean, maybe that, that segues on to answering that, the last part of your question about yeah. how you make the difference. So just to answer that question, celiac disease is something which you can diagnose. You mm-hmm. can take a biopsy, you can see whether somebody is celiac disease. Yes. But gluten intolerance is something separate from Mm-hmm. celiacs and so you get people who eat gluten-free diets because they think it doesn't make them bloat or they don't feel mm-hmm. right on it and there are lots of people intolerances we all know that there are foods that don't make us feel yeah. good or make us feel better and we all you know um metabolize and deal with things differently so mm-hmm. that's probably the case celiacs you can diagnose food allergies again you can diagnose it through a blood test to see mm-hmm. that you've got the uh um the the, the to see that you have an allergy mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you will react at all so in fact diagnosis of food allergy is quite complex and has to be done by an allergist it's not mm-hmm. something you can do by sending off your blood to uh, um yes. even the best uh, um you know uh, lab in the world they mm-hmm. won't do it it's a much more complex issue mm-hmm. it's not time to go into this now no, but, no, course, but i'm yeah. sure listeners could could look into that so when I look, when you ask me the question about you know what what mm-hmm. is happening in the UK that could be done in Jersey, so we've got we want to follow in Jersey the legislation I think that's mm-hmm. elsewhere, but it's how you then implement that. What do you put? Do you put a disclaimer on your menu saying here's the allergen menu, but by the way, there's a big black letters saying you know you eat at your own risk. We cannot we cannot guarantee that food is food free of all allergens, mm-hmm. or do you turn it on its head and put? We welcome people with food allergies because mm-hmm. actually you understand that if well if you understand the law, you're not going to get locked up mm-hmm. just because you somebody eats an allergen in your restaurant mm-hmm. and they die. You're going to get locked up if you haven't got the processes and the education and the training and the thought process behind what you're doing. Yeah. So it's a it's a negligence type I mean, test, if you yeah. like. I mean, as far as I see it, the training is almost as important as the law itself right I mean I've worked in a few places in the UK and even sort of in the last five years since I first started working in hospitality to now I mean every six months you have to I mean it feels like a massive pain when you're doing it you have to do these online training for allergies and this you've got to use this colour tong for that and this and that and then I mean I've only been in Jersey back in Jersey for a week but when I've eaten here and been into place. I went into one cafe the other day and they had peanut M&Ms just out on the counter. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. that if that was me in in the UK where I work, I would have been sacked. I mean, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But and actually, that's a very good point because 
again, if you're looking at best practice, and maybe mm. we'll come on to this, you need to be looking at, so you need to look at how you welcome them, how you become inclusive. Yeah. You talked about the issue of disability. I, I find it extraordinary that you would never say um, or put up barriers to stop somebody in a wheelchair coming to your yeah. restaurant. Everybody would deem that to be unacceptable. Yeah. But somehow it's it's acceptable to put wording on a menu, even in the UK, that would yeah. make somebody who had food allergies not come in, not make them yeah. feel welcome in that restaurant. You would say if there's a chance you're going to have a seizure because you've got epilepsy, you're yeah. not welcome in the restaurant, yeah. would you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I mean, in, 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 in under employment law, in the workplace now, mm-hmm. food allergies are... are um, uh, a disability so you oh, have to so workplaces have to make a, um, accommodation they have to accommodate people mm-hmm. with with food allergies so you know if you were hot desking for instance you might want to ban nuts if there was somebody with a with a nut allergy because people the person using the desk mm-hmm. before might be using nuts or you might have enhanced clean etc that hasn't moved into the hospitality space yet under the disability act so i think it's there to be tested i think it'll mm-hmm. come but it's but it's uh, but it's not the case and yeah how do you increase awareness because I saw Will and Gadus sitting here saying, you know, increase awareness. And it's great that, you know, we talk about it on podcasts yeah. like this. And that's that's one way to do it. But, I mean, what else can be done? Is it a case of public awareness campaigns? Is it, you know, as I say, through training of, yeah. of staff? I mean, what are the steps? Well, look, I think in Jersey, if you have a law, of course, that raises awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've just been down on holiday with my, you know, I have a family member who suffers from uh, uh, food allergy, just been on holiday to Spain. And even the small little coffee shops have have menus yeah. up with with symbols yeah, and you Spain see everything. Actually, yeah, so so really Spain is very good, yeah. probably the best in Europe, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the Italians and French are good because they know what's in their food. So you mm-hmm. tend to talk to them, but they're not quite so good on labeling outside the bigger organizations. But I think it's a two way. Education is really important. But, you know, in, as we looked at and, you know, as I started becoming living with uh, a family member with food allergies and then looking at our own businesses where we had near misses and we thought we were, had best practice, mm-hmm. I realized that you can't just say it's training and you mm-hmm. can't just say I'm going to discipline that person because they, they, they're not mm-hmm. doing what they're supposed to. You've got to make it easier. So there are ways of looking at your whole you know, just like with HAZAP for food mm-hmm. safety, where you have contri- critical control points, mm-hmm. you, you need to employ the, employ the same process for food mm-hmm. allergy. And now it's all sounding very sort of technical and corporate. No, this is not what you want, but it and it's behind the no, scenes, but it helps. So you mentioned that the tongs, for instance. Mm-hmm. So um, really important. Another one, you know, if you're a barista, for instance, and you've got um, you've got uh, a milk, milk jug, a, a milk no. jug and an almond milk jug. And even the rags that you're wiping them down mm-hmm. with, because you're, you know, you're heating the milk and you've got to wipe it down. You've got to think about what you do with the armor milk and how you don't cross-contaminate, mm-hmm. etc. Um, there are other ways you can do it. You can look at your cooking processes. I think when we were, you know, when we briefly met and we were chatting about this before, uh, I, I mentioned the situation of where we would have food cooked on the plancher, for mm-hmm. instance, you know, uh, fish, meat. And we would keep, you know, fish to one side and meat to the other because of the the taste contamination, if you like. And we had a halloumi dish that was cooked on the plancher. Mm -hmm. Now, rather than saying if somebody has a dairy allergy, that what we would do is we would cook their fish and meat in a separate pan. Mm -hmm. We just decided since we only had one dish that was dairy related, Mm -hmm. one ingredient cooked on the plancher that was halloumi, we took that off the plancher and Mm -hmm. every halloumi dish that anybody ordered was cooked in a pan mm-hmm. what that means is the chefs don't have to think that the process is helping well it's not they don't have to think but it's helping them no, that you're true. reducing the number yeah. of exceptions and, and you can be tired and 
you know, people, as I say, it's not malicious. No. The idea is that you put in processes in place, right, so that it is just a step-by-step thing that becomes second Yeah, it makes nature. it easier. And, and actually, that is happening across the UK. You know, we have, um, uh, um, and this, is, this, this will need some explanation, but we, have, we do not have any nuts, mm-hmm. tree nuts or peanuts in any of our restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same in the UK. Um, Wagamamas have done the same, mm-hmm. lots of big Pizza Express, there are lots mm-hmm. of big chains that don't have nuts. Now that doesn't mean that nuts are, and you often see people nuts on the end of menus, and it mm-hmm. gives this idea that nuts are somehow more dangerous than milk or eggs. Mm-hmm. They're not. If you have a severe egg allergy or, mm-hmm. or milk or dairy allergy, you're going to have suffer the same um, consequent effects yeah. as you would do with nuts. Mm. The difference with nuts, though, is that if you look at the number of people who are allergic to them, there are, say, you know, 50, it, I mean, when they looked at our, because we track all the allergens mm-hmm. that are disclosed in our business, it's about 15, 16% peanuts, about 17%, sorry, 17% tree nuts, 16% mm-hmm. peanuts, um, um, and so about 30% overall. By taking those out, we're reducing our risk already, mm-hmm. but it's something unlike milk which is ubiquitous in the in the western diet that you uh-huh. don't really miss in a restaurant sure. and i think that's also nuts get chucked around you know they yeah. they 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 they're loose they're they're different mm. they um so those sorts of things can make a difference and we've even gone through to how we sort of uh uh we have a sort of risk scoring for mm-hmm. for menu developments again that is helping this holistic approach to allergens and the key part of this is that whilst it all sounds very complex and difficult, is that you get to a situation where the end customer, those people without allergies, don't mm. notice, yeah. that your team don't notice mm-hmm. in the sense that you've got a processor, but you're really making it a lot safer for that 5% of people that have food allergies. And remember, of course, that 5% is usually accompanied by at least a partner. Mm-hmm. So that's 10% of your revenues and sometimes a family member and friends. So that could be a lot more. You know, my mm-hmm. family member who, who's a young child with a food allergy... Um, Pizza Express is the go-to for her class now yeah. because in Jersey, they know that, that, that those with food allergies are going to be safe there. So mm-hmm. that is driving revenue. So it's an opportunity as well as a challenge, which I think people don't necessarily see. Yeah, that's what I sort of wanted to, to finish on, really, is that at what point does this go from being... So a lot of businesses, we say, as you say, like Bike Mum is taking out peanuts. It always, and actually, like we were saying earlier, yeah. it always happens after a death or yeah. after a severe yeah. incident. Yeah. At what point does it go from being businesses covering their backs to businesses looking to create new opportunities and exciting avenues yeah. for them to go down? Yeah. And how do you think businesses can be doing that? Yeah. Well, look, I think it's very much like normal disability. You know, we've gone through the whole thing of uh, hidden disabilities, mm-hmm. and now you know, with with the with the um, 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 sunflower lanyard that mm-hmm. you see, the accommodation that's made in shops with mm-hmm. you know, quiet shopping evenings, and mm-hmm. people see that not just as the right thing to do, but as an opportunity to bring customers in. And I think the same thing will happen in hospitality. People will realise what is happening. Of course, is that uh, that. Over the last 10 years, that growth has been amongst children because you generally acquire a food allergy when you're a child. Mm-hmm. You don't get rid of it. But of course, those children and their parents aren't necessarily the, 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 um, the, 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 well, the, the children aren't the spenders. And mm-hmm. as that grows, yeah, course, yeah. people will see that that then becomes an opportunity. Um, and already, you know, we're seeing it, Cadbury's chocolate, you know, wrappers. Little by little, you're seeing nuts and you're seeing allergen labelling and may contain statements. I mean, one of the worst things you have in allergy is these precautionary uh, labels they because packaged in the same, same factory, factory as. What does it mean? You know, yeah. there are all these challenges. They don't. They don't help people. Uh, um, you know, 
excess and 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 um, uh, you know get get, get mm-hmm. f- find it easy to be yeah. to, to f- find themselves feeling inclusive as in whether they're shopping or or in a mm-hmm. restaurant etc so so absolutely though you know those those sorts of things are starting to change the one i know i said it was a final thing but i have one mm. other point that's just come to mind is cost right and mm. i think this is especially for the case with gluten-free yeah. people is that these things, when they're on menus, often an allergy-free, especially, as I say, with gluten, a gluten-free pizza base would be £3 more or, you know, this X more. How do you get that cost down for businesses? Is it a case of just everything becoming allergen-free, so you're buying in bulk and that's why it's cheaper? Are there ways to rework menus? I mean, is there a solution to that problem? Because I think that's what a lot of businesses are afraid yeah. of, is just... Adding different options is inherently yeah. more cost, right? I I don't think it is. I think it, it is when you start tinkering around the edges of a mm-hmm. menu. Yeah. But once you look at it holistically across the whole thing, mm-hmm. then actually all of these the, these ingredients that people are allergic to are normal ingredients elsewhere. So, you know, I could give you a good example would be when we first started doing allergen menus, mm-hmm. we found that uh, the vegetable oil that we were using to cook had soya in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so every single dish that was either fried or had dressing or something else was ticked with 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 soya. Mm-hmm. And of course, you look at it and somebody with a soya allergy can't eat that. Now, on the one hand, we can then start saying, well, how can we choose some dishes that don't have soya on it as part of the recipe design process? So don't just treat the allergen thing as a tick box exercise mm-hmm. after the process. Bring it right into the recipe development. So mm-hmm. just as you would say, how many gluten-free dishes have we got? How many dairy-free dishes have we got? How, much, how many vegan mm-hmm. or vegetarian dishes? Whilst allergies need to be kept very separate from dietary choices, mm-hmm. you use it as part of the menu development mm-hmm. process when you're choosing a menu. So you've got a wide variety to. So I think that's the, yes, that's yeah. the that's the main thing. And then the other thing, of course, is you suddenly you will find that these vegetable oils, when you keep the ones without soya, um, are being sold more, mm-hmm. and you find that manufacturers start to change because and they that can have its own problem. I mean, we're we're now seeing, um, you know. If we're looking at the cafes that we run, we're seeing uh, you know snack bars coming in saying free from the fourteen key allergens mm-hmm. because manufacturers are seeing that as a real opportunity. But what they're now is happening is they're packing them full of pea protein and other yeah, things. And other things. And some of these ultra processed foods are some of the most dangerous for people with allergies because they have hidden. Yeah. So faux foods, you know, vegan ice cream mm-hmm. has cashew butter in it often and things like that. And so sure. those things are dangerous because they, again if you've got all your control points for allergies, the last one might be that the customer actually uh, looks at the dish and goes, um, you know, I can't eat that because it's got milk in it. It's got nuts in it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you give give them some vanilla ice cream that looks like vanilla ice cream, you're not necessarily going to think it's got nuts in it. So, I mean, that's an important part of our, the last process that we have in sort of risk scoring a dish Mm -hmm. is that we will, as an example, we would say that any high-risk allergen... Um, uh, one that's more likely to put you into it. Apparent on the plate. Apparent plate gets a score, uh-huh. if you like, as, as a dish, and also whether it's hidden or not. Mm-hmm. So a very good example of that, if you had a Thai green chicken curry um, that had shrimp paste in it, mm-hmm. we might not allow that in our restaurant because we would say that's high risk because you wouldn't you see it. See shrimp, because sure. even though the customer has flagged it, it's been flagged in the kitchen, the flag's come out mm-hmm. to the seat. 
it, it, the last control, if it all went wrong, is the customer's not going to see it. But a Thai prawn green curry, mm-hmm. we would allow because, because the prawns, you can see yeah. the prawns in it. But we just wouldn't put shrimp paste. We would take shrimp paste out of our green curry, which, to be honest, a lot of people aren't going to notice. But we know it will make it safe for somebody with a crustacean allergy. And again, it's just another case of awareness, isn't it? And making yeah. allowing other people to be aware and being aware yourself. Yeah, and being creative. I yeah, mean, you know, exactly. our, our business is about being which creative. Is, yeah, which is a joy. It's, it's another... So, you know... How many chefs have sat down and thought, how can I create uh, a vegan dish that's attractive to everybody, including my non-vegan customers? Mm -hmm. Well, do the same thing. How can I make something that's attractive to those with the key food allergies that is also attractive to other people? And then then you've you've solved the the puzzle, if you like. Yeah, amazing. Well, thanks so much, Dominic, for, for the time. Thanks so much again to Dominic for the time. And thank you to you for listening. For more on this story and more news, visit bailiwickexpress.com. I'll see you next time.